Soaring gold prices and a more favourable government stance appear to be driving up interest in New Zealand's gold mining industry. Minister for Resources Shane Jones says the government wants to unlock mining opportunities in the regions and will next week introduce legislation to, quote, cut through the red tape, unquote. Legislation to be introduced on March 8th will speed up the process for resource consent approvals, including for mining in the regions. Stratera, the body representing the mining industry in New Zealand, says it has several overseas investors eyeing up the market ahead of any potential changes. There's already movement in the industry, which employs around 7,000 people, focused in particular around lucrative gold deposits in Coromandel, Otago and the West Coast. Last month, the Australian company Santana Minerals claimed swathes of high-grade gold could rest beneath a patch of remote farmland near central Otago's Dunstan Ranges. On the west coast, the Australian-owned Federation Mining signed an agreement with Oceana Gold for the future development of Snowy River, formerly known as Blackwater Mine. Gary Taylor is the chief executive of the Environmental Defence Society. He says he saw a similar boost of activity in the 1980s, but believes fast-tracking legislation is not wise. Kia ora, Gary. Welcome. Good morning. With us first is Josie Vidal. Vidal. We were debating whether you were Gorvidal or a Vidal. <laughs> well, either or. Oh, either or. <laughs> Josie Vidal is uh, chief executive of Stratera, and she is in the Wellington studio. Uh, Josie, give us an idea of where... In the country, mining activity is happening currently. We touched on a few in the introduction, but but where else is there activity? Well, it is predominantly those areas you've talked about, and then there's some in the Waikato as well. Um, But the West Coast, Otago, Coromandel are the big mining areas, um, and that's where there's interest in activity. We hear the words could and potentially. What evidence is there of sizeable gold deposits as yet unexplored? Well, we don't know what's unexplored, but we certainly know that people... So there's a process to mining. You prospect um, and go, mm, maybe there's something here. Then you explore to see if there is a viable deposit, and then you mine. Um, so it's quite a long process, and there's very many steps and checks and balances along the way. So there's quite a lot of exploration, which is like the Santana uh, Federation have done that exploration, and they're ready to mine. They're getting down to where their gold is. It's an underground mine. So there's various stages, and then we have the established mines who are mining gold, and it's a big export uh, earner for us. And the Dunstan Ranges example of what could lie there, what stage are they at in terms of the exploration? They're exploring currently. And they've got a plan to mine. What what are they seeing that indicates there could be a lot of gold there? Well, they've, you know, so they drill holes and pull out all the earth and work, work out what's there. Samples, kind of. Yeah, mm. so there's a lot goes into it because mining is very, very expensive. So you've got to have a return on the investment and then some, right? Um, and so you have to be sure that there's enough to cover the cost of getting in and then a return, a profit. All right. So, yeah. What are you hearing from potential overseas investors at the moment? Well, that's where, um, you know, the, the fascinating turn of events has been. Um, the policy settings of the previous government made international markets quite nervous. What were they specifically that did that? The sort of talk about no mining on conservation land, the, the putting into um, policy statements uh, sunset time for coal when there's actually still a need for coal, um, just a, a, a negativity that wasn't helpful for the investment what about market. Gold? I mean, coal, obviously with coal, the issue is that um, uh, climate emissions and climate 
commitments. But with gold, what was the turnoff? Just that, well, gold is also mined on conservation land. I see, the conservation (laughs) land argument. Yeah, and so, and it was just, um, the, the previous government took the imperative to promote New Zealand's minerals out of the Crown Minerals Act. You know, there was definitely a turn away of, we don't need this. So you couldn't go looking for overseas investment? The overseas investment found the market not very attractive. The change of government and the change of attitude has made it more attractive, plus the price of gold. 7,000 jobs, correct. That's a lot of jobs, uh, especially in regions. What if any, are the other arguments for benefits to the economy? Right. Well, there are many. Um, so the, the the workers in mining are highly paid and highly productive. So you're in a region where sometimes there's a tough economy. So there's flow-on effects for local businesses, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Local housing markets, etc. But also the mining companies live in those communities and their workers are in those communities. So they make significant contributions to the communities. You know, I've just been on the West Coast this week and, you know, millions of dollars a year go into mm. the community to help with school projects, environmental projects, setting up the um, tourist things that yeah. uh, illustrate mining and so it, it's a it's the, there's a big impact through a, a small community. However, profits head overseas. Well, they pay taxes <laughs> um, and royalties to the crown and what percentage of the royalties typically? So the royalties, um, so mining's not a huge industry in New Zealand, so the royalties on gold in the, you know, uh, the last financial year that there's a record of was 6.61 million. Okay. Um, and the economic contribution to GDP of mining is 2.46 billion. So if they didn't like the previous government's policies, what is it that they are holding out to hear from the new government? What do they want? What do they expect from it? So I talked to these people a lot. So the first thing they wanted to hear was the Prime Minister of New Zealand saying New Zealand's open for business, which he has said. And the second thing they wanted to hear was the Minister for Resources saying we're open for business and for him to maybe go and talk to some of them. Is it a bit more than that? The fast-tracking consent, for example? Yeah, well, that's a good indicator of the policy direction. So we're um, supportive of the fast-track bill. I know it makes people nervous when things happen quickly, but fast... Well, it makes them nervous when they don't have a chance to... There has been a chance. To test. What's the process? So um, we were notified about this fast-track bill. There's been a um, consultation session with um, the Ministry for the Environment who are writing the bill... Uh, there will be a select committee process. No, I don't mean about the bill. Uh, what, what makes people nervous about fast-track consenting is that they don't have an opportunity, a proper opportunity, to raise legitimate objections. Will they have? Well, it's sort of unfortunately swung into a direction where all they do is raise problems and there's no uh, focus on the solutions. You know, it's 2024, we have great science, we have great engineers, we can solve problems. We can solve environmental problems. And there's a lot of misconceptions about mining. They mine and they put the land back to how it was before, if not better. And I have been and seen and touched. I've just been to Globe Progress, which is a 10-year rehab closure. A million plants planted. Beautiful tracks through this park. Is that? So that's on the west coast of the South Island near Reefton. Has there been a record in the past where the industry perhaps has not helped its reputation in terms of how it's left mines? So the Crown owned some mines that they didn't leave in a great state. 
um, but we represent responsible miners. There's very, and this is a this is something that's a real value of New Zealand mining. We have high employment standards. We have high health and safety. And we have really strict environmental standards. Okay. Stay with us, Josie. Let's bring in Gary Taylor, Chairman and Chief Executive of the Environment Defence Society. Uh, as I said earlier, he uh, says he saw a similar boost of this activity in the 1980s, but says fast-tracking legislation is never a good idea. Uh, Gary, what do you make of the increase, increasing levels of interest being reported at the moment? Well, I think, you know, there is a place for mining, obviously, in a modern economy. Westerners. Uh, where and what is it? Is it underground? Is it open cast? What are the environmental effects? Um, has there been proper engagement with communities, with iwi? Does the, has the company taken the time to build a social licence? You know, all of that uh, is really important. And I must say, sitting here listening, listening to Josie, um, I do feel as if I've woken up in the 1980s because I've heard all this before. You know, a, a lot of PR spin about the benefits of mining um, and and a desire to kind of short-circuit uh, environmental assessment. Now, I have, I have no problem with mining if we go through a proper process. Mines are big, complex, challenging enterprises, and fast-tracking them is not the way to go. We need careful, methodical assessment of them. And interestingly enough... Uh, Santana, who've got this big 250 square kilometre uh, prospect um, at, at Bendigo, have been saying exactly what I've just said. Then they want to take time, but uh, and, and you know build community support for what they're doing, do all the pre-mining uh, assessments properly and thoroughly, get the science in place, marshal the arguments so that they're relying on you know good data, not just PR spin. Well, why can't they still do that? Well, they can still do that. They can do that through the normal process, right. and that's what they were planning to do. They, they have said, if you look at their website, they have said that they're planning to do all this work and complete it by the end of the year. Now, that's not fast track. That's a reasonable track, and that's the way that I'd encourage the mining sector to go. You know, this is an industry that does raise public concerns, it raised concerns from affected communities, from iwi and from environmentalists. And the way to build a social licence is to proceed in a careful, methodical way, not, not sort of try to bully your consents through a fast-track process with the assistance of Shane Jones. What is the process that is anticipated here? Um, from what I'm reading, a process where referred projects will go to an expert panel which will apply any necessary conditions to ensure adverse effects of the project to the environment are managed appropriately and where the panel will have only a limited ability to decline a project once referred. That's the wording I'm reading. Is that your understanding? Yes, yeah, yeah. so I just clip at the front end of that that ministers, in fact, will be making a pro forma approval of the consent and then referring it to the uh, to the expert panel for uh, setting of conditions with, as you say, limited uh, scope to decline at that point. So it's really, you know, putting uh, the decision-making power in the hands of individual ministers, and I don't think that's right. That's what we tried to do in the 1980s and 1979 with the National Development Act. Um, and the, the, the problem with it is, too, that... It puts ministers in harm's way. You know, I mean, why would you, if you were prime minister, uh, set up a system that allows your ministers to make 
individual development decisions on, let's say, a gold mine, uh, when the experience internationally, and particularly in West Australia, is that that can end in tears for ministers. Well, you're focusing on the government. Is there a, can you necessarily blame, blame the companies that are interested uh, in, in, in proceeding? Or is your point that they should proceed regardless of their opportunity to fast track? They should proceed differently? Yeah, I think the latter. I, I, I don't blame the companies. As I say, I think there's a, there's a place for mining uh, in the right location, certainly not in the in the conservation estate, uh, which is another matter. What? Just, just as an aside, Gary, what is the, yeah. just to remind me, what is the, the, the incoming government's position on mining on, on, on conservation land? Have they been explicit? Well, Shane Jones has been pretty explicit. He's said that uh, there will be mining, that uh, it... it might be coal mining, uh, and remember the famous speech in which he which he gave at the end of last year when contemplating the potential for species extinction. He said, you know, if there's a if there's a blind frog in the way of uh, of of a coal mine on the west coast, then goodbye, Freddie. I mean, it's not very encouraging, and and I I think I think this whole sort of debate we're getting a lot of interest, a lot of impetus from development interests. I just urge people to think about the environment. We need to take care for the environment. We can have uh, good economic development without stuffing things up okay. in, in our natural world. Thank you, Gary Taylor. Thank you, uh, Josie uh, Vidal. We may talk as any future developments progress about whether the industry will take some of those things on can board I just, and, and actually can I put, put their money with their, with their, with their uh, mouth is, yeah? Yeah, just, you know, this fast track process isn't changing the process. So there will still be all the environmental measures, all of yeah, everything. But the onus, the, the onus swings true. massively towards approval, though, doesn't it? Clearly, from that's what I've just because read. because you put in an application to a whole bunch of different government departments, you get a different view back. Mm. It, it's chaos. So it's taking yeah. out the red the panel tape chaos. will have limit, a limited ability to decline a project once referred. So the minister refers to the panel. If the minister decides this is happening, that's happening. That, that's fast-tracking. Yeah, but these are companies that are working in an environment where they understand they have to take the community with them. They do engage with iwi. You know, yeah. Yeah. There's no, and, and, the this is not, and the environmental issues. This is not the 1980s. It's mm. a very different world, and everyone's conscious of that, and no one is out there trying to have a bad environmental impact. What would you do if you did have a blind frog in the way? An endangered species in a particular location. So there's a whole lot of ways of dealing with that. Some of it is relocating it and bringing it back. So they move it very to well a, with the snails on the west coast from memory. Um, I don't think it was a mining company that no, had the electricity was, uh, go it was, off it was on a the You're right. Okay. <laughs> but, but seriously, is that a factor that a company would consider as a good social citizen? So they have to abide by the Wildlife Act. So there's massive regulation around this, massive. So it's all, you know, and that's what I say, science, engineers, environmentalists, they can solve these problems. And politicians. Um, right. Thank you both. <laughs> we'll talk again. Thanks very much, Thank uh, you Joseph so much Vidal for your time. and Gary Taylor.